I just want to see more examples of people doing real things, and I don't care what we call them. And so when I hear people talk about, here's how DAO should be in like this really long academic, uh, I mean, I teach at a university, like I'm academic AF. Let's just like come together with a mission and collectively do something. Chris, we are so excited to chat with you today. Welcome to Built on Web3. Yeah, thanks for having me here. Of course. So I kind of want to start this episode off just having a general discussion about Web3 and just kind of get a sense of how you're thinking about Web3 in 2023. There's a lot of threes this year. Um, so Chris, what is Web3? What are we doing here? <laughs> I think Web3 is having an identity crisis right now. It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, for artists, it's a dream of having self-monetization of your art, of your music. For bullish bros, it's about making the bet of a lifetime. Um, for developers and entrepreneurs, I think it's about this new internet that we're creating. Um, and in some ways, I think this is the year that we figure out what we're building because <laughs> there's been a lot of experimentation. And um, I would say the the main thing that joins all of these people together, whether it's like music or NFTs or you know even Bitcoin, um, Web3 is this umbrella of, in my eyes, we are creating, we're improving the internet. And what that really means is, um, I would say it's, it's three principles that we follow with what we're building at console, which I'll tell you more about. Um, and I think it's creating, creating experiences, creating software, creating identity online, like usernames, all of this stuff, like reimagining it in a way that, so we own a piece of the web, so that we own our identity, so that we own our social graph, so that we own our art and money um, in a way that it can't be censored or taken down um, if someone like Elon Musk buys the company or if it goes bankrupt. So it's about really making, I think, um, just technology apps, experiences online that we have ownership in and that are resilient to any one person or small group of people coming in and trying to take down. So Web3 is all about Internet of Ownership. Um, we can finally own the things that we have. And I think that's a really powerful idea. What what was it about Web3 like that excites you the most? Why what about Web3 made you just drop everything and start a Web3 native company? I, I wanna say I've been in Web3 for 20 years. <laughs> um, and like by that what I mean <laughs> by that what I mean is uh I, when I was in college, I was, I mean, I still am a, mus a musician and, but I was in college as a musician. Um, this was like the early aughts. So like, you know, early two thousands, um, I, I discovered Napster and as a musician, the ability to, to have Napster and well, for Napster, for anyone listening who doesn't remember, uh, it was this <laughs> way that you could just do peer to peer. We could share MP3s and share music online before Spotify and YouTube there wasn't a way to really get music or exchange it um in an easy way but napster made it easy it was kind of like spotify for like connecting people and people music and as a musician who i thought coding was stupid like i did i was just like what is this nerdy code stuff not interesting to me but it really opened my mind up to technology and code as an artist because i could see to me um, to many people who were making music, they saw Napster as a threat and they were like, oh man, Napster is going to like disrupt music industry. It's a takeaway. You know, there was this whole famous thing with like, I don't know, Metallica at the time, you know, but anyway, um, 
so there was, you know, but I actually saw it for whatever reason with like a sense of curiosity where I was like, wow, this is amazing. I, as a musician, I could put my music out there and now people can listen to it and I can listen to other people's music. And I, I think that's actually the reality of what did happen is it just, it spawned this whole, um, new wave of people, um, owning and sharing and making music, um, so when when I saw that whole wave as a musician, I did my master's in this is nerdy, but it's, it's called new media. It's basically distributed network culture. So like the culture about how distributed networks um, disrupt hierarchies, like that's real. And we and I I focus mostly on the music industry and the movie industry and like art. And um, from there, I had been teaching myself how to code, uh, and so I I had. Uh, I had started teaching people how to code and um, starting a company, which was my last company. Um, we went through Y Combinator and it was like a, teaching people how to code. Cause I was like, code is awesome. It can give you this freedom to make your own programs and share music and like do all this cool stuff. Um, and so then I saw Bitcoin and I was like, Oh, I get it. Bitcoin is just like, napster for music <laughs> like we can kind of own money and share it and we don't need somebody in between and then when i saw web3 i was like oh this has been happening for a decade and a half now with music and bitcoin web3 is like napster for all the data on the internet it's for identity it's for how we share our social network it's for you know and so to me it's just this like long progression of um of this kind of like thing i've been passionate about for quite a long time yeah, you truly have been in it for twenty years. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's been amazing. A while. <laughs> so the, that's kind of something that we. That's one of our like core missions here is we're trying to figure out how, how to explain Web three to people because it's so big. Like it covers everything. Like you just said, like every all the data on the internet. Like it's really hard to make that tangible for people. So do you think Web three is for traditional Web two companies or is it only for startups? I think we can think of it as like, it's just, as of right now, it's a set of tools, you know? So there's a, it's a lot of different things. I, I can see it as like a set of tools, like a set of things that we can use to make websites more resilient and decentralized, right? But it's a set of tools, right? That improve apps. Um, but the way you're asking the question, you know, some for some people, Web3 is like an ideology. And it's like, the ideology is like, we're, we're going to get to this place where, like I said, people own the apps as opposed to centralized companies solely owning apps, right? Um, I think it's a lot of different things in between there. Like it's principles, it's beliefs, it's like religion for some people. Um, but I think the question of like, is Web3 just for Web2 or Web3? I think based on like, the mission and the principles, I think is for everyone because I think anyone that wants to evolve the state of, and when we say the internet, the internet is like our entire lives now. I mean, we imagine the metaverse is like coming. Like, I think we're, this is the metaverse right now. I mean, eight hours of my day, you know, where, where are we right now? Am I in a room or are we in a room together? Are we in between the wires of the phone? Like, where are we? Right. We are in the metaverse right now. Like, okay, so let's get past that. Um, and so I think Web3 is for anyone who is like in this place that we are and wants to just evolve this experience to make it better. So I do think it's for everyone. Um, but from a tool standpoint, is it for web, is it for existing companies? Um, I think some of the tools are, and I think some aren't, I think one that is really powerful. And I think for the next year is the one that I'm kind of putting my bet on is identity because identity is the gateway. It's the first step onto any app identity being a username and password, right? Be being able to put your username and password in and, Right now, Web2 doesn't really do that effectively. Every username and password 
gets owned by the company where I give it. I have a separate identity with LinkedIn. I have a separate identity with Instagram. And we can see time and time again, like literally every day, these sites get hacked. They don't know how to manage it. Then my data gets hacked. They're not really good at managing these identities. Um, we saw a few weeks ago, Elon Musk bought Twitter. And then, you know, the identities on that site, whether it was a site like Mastodon, Mastodon literally got completely kicked off the site of Twitter um, just because of something they tweeted that didn't follow the new rules. And so the idea to own your identity and not be able to get like deplatformed so easily and to um, evolve that is like such a great tool that Web3 offers us. And it's ready right now with something called, um, I would say, sign on with Ethereum. We can worry about that. But basically a way that you can sign on and own your own keys, own your own data. Um, that could go for every... I could see Instagram doing that. I could see LinkedIn doing that. I could see any new startup that wants to kind of become a Web3 company. That's tipping your toes in. And it's like a few lines of code that you could add to your project and start to evolve with the internet, you know, side by side. Mm -hmm. What's the incentive for those companies to do that? You know, because one might say, well, why, why would I want to add in a login that I don't own as a company, just as like corporate greed, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate from a company side of like, you know, why would I want to put that code in there for sign on with Ethereum? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think that this could be played. I think I could argue this both ways. Um, but I think the, I think the positive side of it is that having the username in all that data, the more data that you have as a company, the bigger liability it is. And seeing a trend now over the past six months where it's very kind of quietly, these big companies are actually shifting towards more Web3 principles. And for example, what I mean by that is we've seen um, in, in August of 2022, Facebook kind of quietly announced that they're going to start doing default signal level end-to-end -end encryption in the messages to kind of repeat that in a more normal way for people who are new. Um, it basically means that they're not going to own any of the chat data anymore because um, they don't want the liability because there were specific things that were happening where the government is like, hey, you have the data. Hey, you have the data. Um, similarly, Apple, just in December of 2022, um, they, they have a really, they have a, they have a few new suite of privacy things where they're also holding certain data and letting the users hold it through encryption. And so I think the liability thing is a trend. Um, I think that's number one. I think number two is if you can, if you really do believe that the internet's going to evolve and of, of course it's going to evolve, right? We didn't even have iPhones like 13 years ago or something. I don't know, something like that, right? Um, if you really believe that, then allowing people to sign in with a web three wallet and bring that in, it gives, it starts to, you attract a new segment of your audience. And even if you're Instagram, I think, you know, bringing in that audience, now you have like a really smart, like you have the tastemakers of the next wave. And if you want to start to use additional Web3 tools like NFTs or PO apps for like showing proof of attendance or a whole range of things that you can like help improve your community, you already have people like ready to like play that game, you know, you don't have to, and then you'll, you'll be like the only place in town to have that, that key advantage. And so I think that there's a lot of, and I think we're starting to see that with the adoption, um, uh, smaller startups, but I think that there, there, I think there's a possibility for like a wave of new people adopting this in the next year. How do you like the, so one of the tenants of like web two is centralization. And I, I want to, almost like continue on with the devil's advocate position that Sean just had. Yeah. But 
for for companies that are interested in getting Web three, centralization means control. Um, decentralization does it also mean that they're losing control? Like, should they be scared of of Web three and like what that might bring in? Because all of a sudden, they're not they're not the ones that can decide if someone can get kicked off. You know, uh, like the like Mastodon and Twitter. Yeah. So should um, the incumbents like Facebook and Instagram be afraid of Web3 in some ways? Is that part of the question? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I think for sure. Um, I think it, it is a threat because specifically the business model of Web2 is the ad-based business model. And it's been that way since the beginning of the internet. Um, Mark Andreessen, who created the original browser and now works at Andreessen Horowitz, which is the biggest VC firm, um, calls this decision of his, the, the internet's original sin, <laughs> uh, to, to not have a way to allow people to monetize other than with advertising. There wasn't a way it was talked about back then, but the technology just wasn't ready enough for a monetization and, and ways, um, so, you know, I think there's this echo where for 20 years since the beginning, since the 90s, when the web browser started, there's this like space that the advertising model has just become the predominant model. And yeah, I think that these companies do need to evolve with this. I think it's inevitable because now we have these new models of monetization. So um, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's easy to say, hey, I'm not a fan of what Mark's doing with Meta, Mark Zuckerberg with Meta, because, you know, I think some of the videos are a little cringy sometimes. Um, it's kind of like, what is what is this Meta thing? <laughs> um, and at the same time, like, I wonder if he sees that writing on the wall and is just like saying and jumping to the next thing and like hardware or something that you can, you know. And so that was when I watched that video a year or so ago. I was like, I just feel like he sees it. And I think he's obviously a really smart dude. And same thing with Mark Andreessen, who I just mentioned, you know, um, their VC fund at um, Andreessen Horowitz has um, invested $4 billion, billion into Web3 technology. So I do feel like the people who are like some of the smartest people in the room, um, you know, you you just try to see where they're putting their money and time. And um, I think it I think I think you're right. I think it is a threat for those companies, and I think I think in some part they know it. <laughs> yep, it's hard to ignore when uh, when the smartest people are are deploying that much money into yeah. something. <laughs> um, so earlier on this call and on the Twitter Spaces this week, you mentioned that uh, Web three is having an identity crisis, and you kind of mean that uh, in two ways. One, literally, because nobody really knows what Web three is. We all have our own definition, and it means so many things. And then two, like we don't have control over our identity in the web, and Web3 can solve that. Can you explain what you meant when you said that identity is the main objective to bring Web3 to more people? Yeah, so I mean, pretty simply, the first thing you do when you come to most apps is you sign on, right? And so um, just allowing people to... um, use the web three way. So I think for, for listeners or for who are maybe, you know, newer to this and maybe don't have a web wallet, um, the idea, it's actually like a really complex idea, but in some ways it's really simple, the more you kind of like peel it apart. But, um, what a web wallet allows you to do is have, I would say like one master password kind of, um, 
And it's all, it's kind of like an email. Like we're all familiar with like having an email and a password, an email and a password, right? Um, and in this case, the what we would call the email, the username, is the string of numbers or a name. Mine's kastig.eth, for example. So so you basically have this public address that people can either send you a message at, um, like on console, the app, the chat app we're building. If you if I log in um, as kastig.eth. I'm the only Kastig.eth in the world. It's kind of like the domain name for me. And if you're chatting with me, you know, you can feel confident that it is who I, who I say I am um, because I'm the only person that could like possibly have that by math, right? By like have that number, that name. Um, so that's the username and it allows us to distinguish ourselves and build trust and signal and then also own that name. I can be Kastig.eth on console. Hopefully if... Um, these tools get more adopted. I could then come, you know, maybe be Kastig.eth on Instagram, on YouTube. Um, right now, there's other sites, you know, Mirror.xyz. You know, I could bring this identity. And I could be the same person. And as a whole ecosystem of the internet, this allows me to build kind of like, it's almost like a, an identification, right? Of like who you are and trust, I think. And like, oh, this is the person who they say they are. This is what I can expect from them. So that's, that's kind of what I imagine. Um, and then the other hat of that, the password is like, imagine just then having one master password that you had as a user, and then you could use that name on all the different sites. You didn't have to give that to, let's say, LinkedIn, right? And then if LinkedIn ever gets hacked, which they did for like 700 billion accounts, got passwords. It's a funny story. Even a Barack Obama's password got leaked. It's like literally on the internet. And then at the time, like you could just go in and be Barack Obama on LinkedIn. Like, this is not so great, funny. right? They, they have too much power. So you know, this would be this would be the shift is like giving one master password um, and some other d additional protections. Obviously, we don't want to be able to lose that one password. I think that there's a, some additional things that the Web3 community needs to work on to improve security. But but this is the vision, I would say, is giving that that master password back to the users. Um, and that's what I mean when I say identity is that first step, because we all need that to get into any place on the Web, to get into any place around town, to get into do our taxes, to, to buy a I don't know, veggie burger or whatever we're doing. I mean, everything, everything you do on an app, you know, whether it's getting food delivered to your house or, or voting <laughs> has to be, mm -hmm. you, you have to say who you are first, you know, I, I want to, um, take like part of what you said and like bring a analogy just for listeners too of like what's something that exists today. Um, and I, I think a relevant one might be like login with Apple or like sign up yes. with Apple. Would you say that, the difference between like web two and web three is that in web two, we have sign up or login with Apple, but it's Apple that controls this versus you owning that. And in web three, yeah. you can use that kind of login with Apple kind of thing for everything and, and, and any application and any like platform. That's the so perfect forth. analogy. Yeah. So, um, around 2010 Facebook, was one of the first companies to do Facebook Connect. And their idea was, you've, you've seen it before, is that blue, it's the same thing you're talking about, but with Facebook, it's this blue button, it'd be like a Facebook Connect button. And you would have, it's like, hey, let's use your Facebook account for every single thing on the internet. Um, soon after, Apple, Google kind of have similar things. So now there's a few different options. Um, it's the same idea, except that people are fed up with just being at the, you know, the helm of 
these companies, right? These American, the, the big three, big four companies, big three companies. And there's countless incidents of um, people's accounts being shut down, people's accounts being surveilled, handed over to the government for things. Um, there's, um, I think there's just a, and then in data breaches as well. You can go to a site you guys probably know about. Have I been pawned? Right, P W N E D. I think if just Google it and um, put your email in there, and you'll see all the all the times that your email and password have been leaked on the internet. So it's it's also just like, do we trust them to protect us? And um, and I think there's a lot of issues. So it's it's exactly that. It's taking that, but creating it in an open way so that you own that as opposed to you know, a Wall Street company or whatever, like a big company that has yeah. you know, other stakeholders than you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, now, so we're talking about identity here. So I think we can segue into kind of what you're building at console and how you guys view identity and how you guys are handling identity there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, console is a chat platform. We are making the world's best group chat platform so for communities to come and to um let's say you know take some action whether it's like social whether it's go to events whether it's um whether it's a community like ens which is like building the next frontier of the internet whether it's an investment fund it could be ending um but there's communities have certain needs and we don't feel that they're being met on any platform that exists today a majority of these like web3 communities are on discord and we've spoken with we started the project um about a year and a half ago and you know since then we've spoken with well over 100 communities and we hear the same things over and over again discord is loud and noisy uh, number one number two onboarding is just terrible people come in they don't know where to go they don't know where things are happening uh and then number three there's a whole litany of security issues because primarily Discord was made for gamers. And so they haven't really evolved with like technology as it comes out. And so they do all these workarounds for Web3, but it's not really working. So we saw this opportunity um, in October, about started the projects around October 2021, about a year and a half ago. And we, um, yeah, we just saw this opportunity to use Web3 principles to build, like, if what is the world's best? group chat platform looks like well it's going to be one where people can come and focus um they can have better ways of trusting the people that are in the community uh, or not trusting i mean you know better ways to discern that uh better ways to um to have better security with native built-in web3 tools and then for the project to eventually be open source so that even if we um it jumped into a volcano and were never to be seen again you know, the code would be there. You guys could run it. You have your data. You don't have to worry about us. <laughs> I wouldn't just foreshadow something that crazy happens in my life 10 years from now. Well, They'll be like, I, hope I heard it on the, <laughs> I was talking with Thomas and Sean. But no, I hope this, this prediction does not come true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Especially so. the volcano part. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Yeah. On a, you briefly alluded to it earlier, but you were talking about three principles that kind of guide what you're building at console. Can you go over those? Because I really, really liked um, how you outlined those on the Twitter spaces earlier this week. Yeah, thanks for asking. I think the principles are really important and something I'm, I've been writing about and, and looking to share um, soon. Because I think as we have this identity crisis, what I'm calling it, of like 
we're all kind of building different parts of the thing, the elephant. We're like, what is this big thing we're putting together? Which I think is healthy when we're like thinking and experimenting. Um, but I think it's, I think as a product designer, you know, there's a time for what's called divergent thinking of thinking wide and big. And I feel like that's where we are web three. And then it's good to have a cycle of, okay, let's all align back together and converge and like bring that together. And for that principles, like that we can kind of all have a North star and agree on I think will help align us. And so I've been thinking about those in terms of console, what are the things that we stand for? What are the things that we want to lead and hope that they're apps follow in the ecosystem. And for us, we have three. Um, one is, the first one is promote decentralization. Um, that is actually a principle uh, that goes back all the way well before Web3 into the open source uh, in the 1960s. But anyway, so I'm kind of borrowing that because it, it is something that I think is, uh, it's been true since the beginning of the internet. And it's something that with Web3, I think we could do better, promote decentralization talked a little bit about it already, but to kind of highlight it, it basically is that idea that um, there's not just one central person or code base that we control. Uh, rather, it is something that is available so that if we, the volcano thing, if we go to a volcano, uh, the, that the app could like basically run. You could you could own your code, you could have access to it. Um, and so there's a, there's a series of tools that we're using to decentralize our chat. We're using matrix protocol um, and uh, different things like, um, you know, at the, the, our integration with ENS so that identity is decentralized. We don't own identity. So promote decentralization is number one. Um, Number two is working in public. So even just sharing more ideas of what we're doing, getting co-creating, we're co-creating right now with a cohort of communities. And so looking to get feedback and integrate that and, um, and open sourcing the project, like I said, in a way that like the code will be there so that people can look at it and trust it and not have to trust us. You could trust the code. Um, so yeah, promote decentralization, working in public. And number three would be, I would say, just just ownership, like, like letting people own their identity, letting people own their data, um, letting people export their data, import it, uh, maybe in the future fork console, which basically means if you don't like what we're doing, make your own version and just go build on it. Um, and so that data ownership. And you know, these are three things that aren't possible with any of the chat apps that exist right now in web two, discord telegram all this kind of stuff and so you know having all three of those together we think it's like a to us again that was the question how do we build the world's best group chat app um and so that was that was part of what we saw as the future so um so i've got a question i wrote down all these things that you said you said you're giving up control your you know uh, console is decentralized uh you people can run it themselves it's open source it's trustless you're working in public um you're letting people take ownership and if someone doesn't even like what you're doing they can even fork it and kind of build on their own how what what possibly is your business model then like how do you how, how do you make money uh, at all if you're giving all this control up yeah that's that's a great question um so there is a long line of you know open source projects um that have business models i mean in some ways i think what we're doing is we're just building on this kind of lineage of of um you know a company like like wordpress for example i think is a good model um where 
you know, it's one of the biggest projects in the entire internet. Literally a fact I love is that literally, um, 40% of all the websites on the internet right now are WordPress websites. It's this thing that like, we're like, wow, that's amazing. Like 40% of all the websites. Um, and they have a huge, you know, um, engine of a business behind it. And, you know, the way that they're working is, yeah, it's so much the freemium model where if you want the basic plan, you know, the basics are open source and you could kind of run the blogging platform. But if you want the add-ons, right, if you want like the VIP, if you want the certain, you know, so we'll have, um, I imagine that we'll have different, you know, add-ons, modules, enterprise plans, all this kind of stuff. We'll, we'll run it for you. To be honest, most people don't want to run their own server, right? Like, uh, so I think but I think part of allowing people to do it is important because it gives power to the user. But at the end of the day, I think primarily people will want to have someone else run their server and they will want help with these things. Um, I think the importance of all these principles are well, some of the ones I mentioned about, you know, um, you know, forking it and stuff like that. That's it's so fringe. You know, if, if a million people are on console, I imagine like five people will be the people that like start to do that. It'll be small. Right. Um, yeah. But ha allowing people to exit, allowing people that power, it's I think that's important because it's when you don't have that, which was like where we are with Twitter right now, like you can't fork Twitter and then just kind of make your own version um, and take you know, people with you and take people with you. Right. And so I think it's, it's a large part about um, about having that option so that people can feel empowered and that they can. Yeah, be empowered to do things. So I think you're right. I think that there is like a, a challenge ahead of us. I think we are um, experimenting. You know, we've only been around for a year and a half. So I think we don't have all the answers on this yet. But I think following some of those open source models like WordPress and freemium models um, seem, to, seem to be the way that we would uh, monetize eventually. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of walk through some examples of group chats and communities that are in the console beta right now just to kind of paint a picture of what's going on in there? Yeah, for sure. Um, right now, we have just a few communities, and um, they're mostly just kind of part of the first cohort, uh, helping test basically um, to give us feedback. Um, this community, Crash Punks, left in October. They closed down their Discord and came over, and we've been working with them. Um, it's a few hundred people in that community. Um, the thing that is exciting about the early communities is we get this opportunity to co-create with them. I've, I've said that word before a few times. Um, and what that means is like, we want to know what we want to observe and learn what issues these communities have so that we can make something that they love. And one thing that we learned with um, the Crash Punks community is that um they they have a few other integrations like they have a store like where they sell merch and they have a game and so with console we're allowed we're um we have this feature we're able to like bring in outside integrations and so you can be in, in the console for the for the group and you can chat and then with just one click you can just bring in the store right into there and it looks pretty seamless mm, you know cool. and bring in the game and so we had someone um from that community they call it like the opera they're like oh this is like the operating system for our web3 community and like so that's 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 been an interesting experiment with them and and we'd like mm. to do more of that you know whether a lot of these communities have um you have Notion Docs, you have Snapshot, you have a Gnosis Safe, you have all these things. And what we are observing is that, you know, there's communities in, in Discord and 
they get low engagement or they people don't know how to be involved because they don't know where to find all these links and they get you know it's it's really confusing so making this kind of view of operating system is really it's really um been helpful another community um which is in in a current cohort is called artisan and they're working with us um looking at onboarding um for their community because they have events and they they want a really nice like kind of we call them docs, but like a way that like when you first come, you can just like read like a notion doc kind of really nicely in the site, as opposed to just reading like some chat history, you know? Um, and so we're working with them to launch, um, just a really beautiful homepage experience so that when people come and launch and step into their console experience, they can really just feel like, Oh, I know why I'm here or why I want to get involved. And I know what's events are coming up and, um, and it's really nice. So, yeah, that that's two examples, and I think um, I think I mention all of these because these are all experiments. And anyone listening who wants to be on console, like these are things that we're we're looking over the next probably next six months to the rest of the year is just to like continue to experiment um, in in our beta phase so that we can figure out the things that are really working and can be used and scaled to more communities. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that the word DAO hasn't come up yet. Or, or do you guys look at targeting DAOs or is that just not a word that we use anymore? <laughs> we stopped using that in 2022. That's a dirty word now. It's, no, it's a dirty kidding. word. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2023 now. <laughs> um, originally, we... Um, I think there's some promise for DAOs. I, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of tell. Um, I think... So originally, we were positioning ourselves more as like web three chat plus DAO tooling. And it might even say that in a few places still. Um, I think the thing that got lost for me with what we're calling DAOs is that, and this is part of the identity problem, I think of like, there's like this kind of very rigid definition that's come up about what a DAO is. And in some ways I've seen this, idea of this decentralized group of people who fits these check marks of has a discord has a gnosis safe has like so many people in it um they all don't live in one country like there's like all these rules like whether they're legally or organizationally that i feel in some ways um kind of limits and and like i think people from the outside are like i don't know this is too complicated or something um and then kind of all the way to the side, you know, different part of the room, you go, you look, and there's a lot of just online communities, which I would say, like, broadly, that are doing amazing things that like a DAO could do or online. And so I don't know where the line is between like calling something a DAO. I mean, if you if you're voting, and you have a Gnosis safe with multiple owners, are you a DAO, you know, or so I, I think that I think the opportunity is to rethink um, what these mean. And and I am <laughs> I feel like I like, 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 uh, like, uh, what's it called? Like whip the, I don't know. I don't know what analogy I'm trying to use, but like, <laughs> I feel like I have a strict feeling about, uh, I just want to see more examples of people doing real things and I don't care what we call them. And so when I hear people talk about, here's how DAO should be in like this really long academic, uh, I mean, I teach at a university, like I'm academic AF, but like I, at some point I'm like, let's just like come together with a mission and collectively do something. And there's been a handful of examples I could say that are amazing. And there's been, you know, probably 10 times that, that have been not, that have been underwhelming. And so, uh, yeah, I think I, I've 
moved away from using the word DAO a little bit and not not because they're not I mean they're definitely part of what we're doing and there's definitely DAOs um, coming to console and part of console um, but I just more broadly look at them as online communities um, and so they're <laughs> part of that bucket to me and uh, I'm happy to support them I think that we have some tools that would be particularly relevant um, like treasury integrations like voting and all this stuff um, but anyone can use those tools they don't need to legally be a DAO you know when when you um, talk about communities and I guess DAOs, but that's twenty twenty two. No, no, we could, I mean, uh, it's, not, yeah. it's not really dirty word. I was just kidding. <laughs> uh, but when when we talk about these online communities, these like groups of people together, what's your take on should they be small, should they be big, or should they be growing? Um, I guess like what's the what's the goal of communities? Because there's a lot of people that think that you always want to grow, you want to get bigger, and then there's others that also think like, well, it's okay for us to conserve and kind of keep what we have and just kind of like maintain it and grow organically versus trying to just get big for you know no reason. I, I'd love to throw this one back at you guys. What do you guys think? That's a great question. My gut says. We like to keep it small. I mean, that's how we that's how we run our business, and we we don't grow for the sake of growing our our agency business. We really question that growth. So I think that would be my gut reaction, Thomas. What what's yours? I I forgot who we talked to. The was it Corey from Superfest? Was that him? Maybe. I I really liked it, and that's kind of like where the question came from. Um, he had the the comment about how everyone's just been growing too fast, and it's just okay to to stop and i sean just like we did with devscale I, i'm okay with something like that just like works and then if mm -hmm. you need to grow you can but growing for the sake of growing whether that's like revenue or employees or community members or something can dilute and change the mission and sometimes that's okay but yeah yeah if you're happy I, then yeah like I, yeah i think why try i mean there's no right or wrong answer but i think the thing i'm interested in is people coming together and making things, making change, creating, and it doesn't matter. I mean, if you sub the word DAO for company, it's like, do you like companies that are big or small? It's like, I don't know. It's just like companies that are doing cool stuff. I mean, Instagram was 13 yeah, people when it sold and they were doing a great job, you know? So congrats, you know, it, the smaller you are in that way, the better. Um, I think the key takeaway from me the past year with how communities have been forming is that they've been doing it backwards. So there's like, when you release an NFT, there's like, I see two steps. Um, there's like selling or giving people the NFT, which is like kind of like a fundraising step or like a, you can call it fundraising. Like you're basically like getting it out there. And then the second step is like, okay, now we're all here. We all own this thing. Um, what are we going to do? And I feel like if it was started the other way around, it would be in line with what I think the three of us are citing as being more interesting to us, which is like, hey, there's this thing we want to do. Here's a few people that want to do it. And then when we need, whether it's capital or we need to like share ownership in it, you know, at this point, I'm looking at a company. Right. Like a company starts with a mission, a few people, and then you do fundraising, maybe eventually you IPO the whole NFT, you know, a lot, a lot of the NFTs and DAOs of the past, I'd say 2020, 2021 ish, 2022 ish area. It seems like they were like, Hey, we're going to IPO today. Like literally it was called an ICO for a while, but then like <laughs> IPO or whatever it is. And then it's like, cool. Now we just IPO and what are we going to do? And it's like, 
All right, crickets. So. We'll take our money and run. Is what <laughs> take we're going to take your money and run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's what it, that's why I think you like community over Dow then, because it's just the people first. I think it's about like the people. The, yeah, yeah. I forget where I heard this. Maybe this was you that said it, but somewhere I read that communities create NFTs. NFTs don't create communities. Ooh, and I think it's exactly like what you're saying. I didn't because, say that, but I yeah, like that. Yeah, if you start with the, the NFT, then like, okay, what's the point? It's just a money grab, theoretically. It might look like it. But if the community is built and has a mission and you release an NFT, then that's a different story. That could have some utility and some use. I like that. I hear you writing that one down. Yeah, I'm writing that one down. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Well, don't give me credit because I definitely did not. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Um, so what types of communities are you most excited about to get into console? Because for, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like I was not part of many internet communities until Web3. It's just, it's not a natural thing for me or it wasn't in my life, I guess. I wasn't in discords. I wasn't in necessarily like big Facebook group chats or anything like what are, are the types of communities that like you can't wait to get in there that kind of paints a more clear picture for people. Yeah. Um, that's that. That's really interesting that you, that you share that. Yeah. Cause it just makes, yeah, it's so interesting. It makes me think about, yeah, there's this wave of, of interest. Yeah. With web three that now people are more interested in, in online communities that maybe in the past, in the past there was, um, you know, there was like Reddit, there still are Reddit communities, maybe like Wikipedia is a community in a way, Facebook groups, like there was, there was things, but it seems like Web3 has brought with it an ever more excitement to work with strangers. Like it feels like that's like uh, happening more and more. And we see that on Twitter spaces where there'll be like a hundred people, they don't know each other in real life, but they're kind of coming together. Um, which communities are we excited about? I I'm mostly excited about I mean, everybody's welcome on console, of course, but I think the ones I'm particularly excited about and that we're welcoming into the cohorts. And when I say the cohorts, these are like, as I mentioned, groups that we're working with. Eventually, it will be open for everybody. So that's a, you know, kind of thing that's confusing sometimes people. But the reason we're doing this now is so we could test with people. And a lot of the ones that we're, um, we're choosing to work with are ones that I would say have some kind of mission. Like, that's pretty much it. It's like they have a reason to kind of exist, you know, and whether it's creating something or education. Um, I mean, we are, we, we would love like more like the ENS community to come on. Um, we're speaking with them, although I'm not sure, you know, that's like in the works, but, uh, but we love like them to come on. Cause I think they're, they're a DAO and they're a community that has a pretty clear mission to, um, I'd say evolve, domains and like identity on the internet and it's so aligned with what we're doing mm -hmm. um and so yeah we, we work we're working closely with them um but i think it'd be great to eventually have them join us um and i think i think other mission-driven companies um i mentioned artisan you know they're doing fundraising for public goods gitcoin similarly doing fundraising for public goods um there's a bunch of nft artists that we're speaking with um for the for the next cohort i think people who um you know, they want to experiment with music NFTs and uh, digitizing their art and bringing those people together in that community with the kind of things on console we could offer, like events, um, you know, giveaways, like all, all of these kind of things to like bring people together 
um, Mm -hmm. and share that experience and co-create within their own community. So, um, yeah, there's, there's quite a few, um, we're, yeah, we're, we're talking with communities every day. And so I'm just kind of endlessly, uh, I guess there's just, there's a lot of creativity. There's a lot going on right now, even though it's like blown by all the, yeah, my mind is blown by how creative and and amazing people are. We've had 700 people apply to be on console, like just communities. So, uh, and we've probably spoken with like maybe half of them at this point. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of creativity. So, um, when and when you described community just now and when i think of community and maybe a lot of other people too they think of like you're getting behind a mission a cause like this is it for for some reason i think of it as like almost extracurricular or like a hobby or or like a passion Mm. versus like a business and so um sean and i were recently talking about like putting together a game plan for our company devscale to to have like what's our web3 game plan so i'm wondering can can businesses have okay so businesses can have communities but how can a a normal i don't know if it's normal but like a web2 business have a community or what would a community look like for a business like ours yeah tell me tell me more about um what your community or what your customers or listeners look like now i mean i'd be kind of curious to learn from you guys what what how you see it yeah so the on the business side the agency it's a software agency so our business our Clients are businesses, right, that are mm-hmm. building uh, mobile apps, web apps, uh, back-end services, that kind of thing. And then um, I definitely see, like, we will be in console once we transition our audience yeah. on Built on Web3 into a community. Like, that'll happen. We're not ready for that yet, but we'll, we'll definitely do that. Um, but, yeah, I guess on the, on the business side is where Thomas's question is focused. Yeah, and, and like, maybe, like the, like, the employees or maybe contractors yeah. that you have. Um, think of like any any business that's I know got like twenty to fifty people uh, that like work in it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, I think that the, like one of the things we're doing at Console is it's not just like Web three Discord. It's a different thing altogether. Like we're really reimagining how people come together and can focus and create some meaning in their life like whether that's like learning something valuable or like contributing code or art it's just it's just a place to like connect with people and find meaning and our main core feature is the chat because we do believe what we've seen with how people work on telegram and different you know slack is like that tends to be kind of the lifeblood of like it's it's a very present place like for chat um and I'd say that's the core. And then in addition, though, there's a lot of things that can supercharge that and can connect people that you don't even need the chat. So, you know, we're, we're really open minded. Like we have a mission and a vision of what we're doing. At the same time, we're always trying to learn. And, you know, we're learning from some communities who there's one or two that might not even want to use the chat feature, but are interested in some of the other features. So being able to come to console and log in with your web wallet and have we have what's called the people page and you can just basically see like it's like a crm it's a directory of all the people and having a way to like email and reach out to them having the events up um you know there's other kinds of ways that we can think about 
I'd say extending this word community, whether because like a group of people could be a community, they could be fans, they could be customers, right? They could be coworkers. Um, and I don't know that chat is like the answer to all of these scenarios all the time. And at the same time, having a trusted space and by trusted, that's where the identity piece comes in. Like if I can go and it can be, I can say, I, I know I'm in this group with Thomas, Sean and, and Castigar in this group. Um, we're going to set up an event. We're going to have a kind of chat like this. We're going to have some docs we co-create on, you know, there's, there's all these other things you could do aside from chat um, that I think can be valuable for bringing people together um, that aren't to contrast that to like what Slack is good for. I'd say Slack is good for like companies. It's like everybody has an email, you assign, you know, you're paying everybody. But I think when you break out of that model and you have different, different networks of ways that you contri contribute, um, imagine, you know, someone like these big companies like Nike right now uh, are doing these NFT projects, you know, they're having their company and they have customers, but now they have this like third thing, which is like, you know, these people who are interested in these NFTs and they're like probably their biggest supporters, you know, how do you bring those people into the fold? Um, how do you, empower them, arrange them? How do you give them rewards? Um, the Web3 identity allows you to do a lot of that by just kind of recognizing who the person is, by having their wallet address, being able to send them airdrops or being able to interact with them in like a CRM kind of way. So I'm just kind of brainstorming here just to say that like, we're, I think we're trying to figure out that as this evolves um, and that I don't think it always has to do 100% with chat. I think that that's like one of the key things that we're thinking about of how we bring console to people's lives. So that it's not just like another chat app that you're like, Oh my God, I'm getting a million chats a day. <laughs> it's like this, it's this kind of suite of features that we're, um, that we're working on. And I think it, I think it can shape with the different, um, communities and structures. And so we're, we're trying to figure it out, but th those are some of the thoughts on how we're talking about it internally at the moment. If you guys have any other mm -hmm. additional thoughts on that, I would love to hear. Yeah. Well, one thing, yeah. One thing that came to mind there is do, do you guys have any, this might be relevant or not, but do you guys have any like tooling that helps reward people to gain reputation? Like if they're doing some sort of work or, and, and the community wants to reward them for that or recognize them for that. Like, is there like any tooling yet that, yeah. Or just like, Hey, they did a, they designed this podcast cover art and we liked it. You know, we're going to send them a PO app or like whatever. Do you, is there any like built in tooling for, yeah. reputa for reputation? Yeah. Um, so we um, we have things coming soon, and so I can kind of talk about what's coming in the future. Um, and so that is definitely on our roadmap. Um, one of the things coming this year is the profile page for all the people, and that will make public to the community your engagement in that community. So if you are um, voting, if you are active in chat, it will it will basically show if you have on-chain activity outside of the community, when you bought your ENS name or when you started using that wallet address. All of this is really nice information that put together starts to create that digital self because you can look mm -hmm. really quickly at someone and say, this is a person or this is like, you know, you get, I can understand your personality almost based on like your, your profile. And so that profile will be a really nice way um, to, I would say to like building that sense of trust and, um, 
within the community of like who these people are. Yeah. So where, where would that data live? Is that on chain or is that off chain in like a disco verified credential or something? Cool question. Um, so the way the building the app works is, um, most of it is off chain, like normal life, <laughs> like, uh, like on AWS, right. Um, like the app itself. Right. Um, and we're bringing in on-chain data to like basically populate that the, the shell of the app, let's say, in a lot of cases, so that your ENS name comes from the blockchain, so that your Disco data exactly come potentially and integrate there. Um, and anyone who's like super worried about centralization, which isn't too many people, to be honest, it's like it's a thing we all are shooting for. But but the idea is like even though that's on AWS and centralized, it's like over time we want to sufficiently decentralized so that there's like copies of it on nodes on ipfs and all different things so that like it exists and is resilient um but that's the most if you want if you're building an app in web3 right now or you're thinking of coming in here a lot of times people say is it all on the blockchain and more you learn that doesn't even really make sense like like it would just be so slow and impossible to use an app that was like it just doesn't really make sense um and that's fine we're all learning and so uh but i think that yeah, you kind of have to understand that the shell of the app a lot of times is going to be a lot quicker and responsive if it's just like traditional, <laughs> like on normal Rails. And then you use that data in order to populate and give people control of that data. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah, we talked yeah. with Evan um, from Disco a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, they're great. They're doing some great yeah, work. I'm really excited to see that. Um, come to fruition. I'll, I'll definitely, we're, we're partnering with them, I think, soon to um, give VCs to our guests. Um, we need a new, new name for VCs, though. I, I hate saying that. Giving VCs credentials, whatever they are, to our guests to say, yeah. like, oh, wait, we were a guest on the show, and it, you know, it's in your data backpack, and you can take it wherever you want. Um, oh, I would love it if you could um, loot me in on that. I would love to see it in the wild yeah. that sounds yeah really for cool. sure yeah i need to email them back today to get that going maybe yeah, if you crad i think the crad. Crad. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's see um so you, you kind of alluded to some things that were coming out this year what is what does the next five years look like for you if you could like look ahead five years and you've achieved the mission of console what does the world look like Ooh. five years from now you will be able to download the app and use it, join, um, either join a community or have a, a beautiful experience for chatting groups or one-on-one -on -one with friends. Um, I would say as a replacement for Telegram <laughs> and Discord, um, it will just be a beautiful and one of the most you know secure apps out there i would say so i, I think i just we, we want to create that just beautiful experience for people um i think i think that's part of it for like the user it's just like having having a really i think some of the best technology is invisible so it's like when it works just like having people love it and rely on it and trust it um but that's like the iceberg i think of the goal and that's like all the user needs to know like all the under the hood that needs to get us there is open sourcing the project, decentralizing um, all the servers, like, you know, onboarding all the communities. Like there's a lot of work that we have to do to get there. But from the user perspective, we just want it to feel like an amazing experience. And um, 
and maybe people won't even know who we are who created it and that's fine like we just want you know we just want to put it out there and have people enjoy it and uh and feel like it makes their lives more focused and clean and and useful so love it since we're uh, recording this in the first week of 2023 i'm curious if you have any 2023 predictions for web3 and we can go back on this next year and see how wrong we were <laughs> nice I do think, yeah, I mentioned it already. Uh, I do think there'll be a rise in importance of identity this year because identity is like a lot. When I say that, I just mean ENS, sign on with Ethereum, um, improvements in wallets. Like I think I'm hoping there'll be some big surprise when improvements wallets. If you look at the the adoption curve of technology, there's like that, like, what is it like 13% of people who are like the innovators who like try things for the first time or something like we're still in that innovator phase. And we really need to get to that, the next hump, which is early adopters, right? We need to like move to be more inclusive of more of the world. And so I think, I think, you know, by the end of this year, I think there will be some, some big leap that will make web three, um, bridge to the early adopters and be more useful. And I think, I think identity is where I'd put my, my mark on that. Cause I think it's the, the thing that makes the most sense. And if people are, if, you know, I think we have about maybe I'm roughly 40 million people who are using web wallets. I maybe read that somewhere. It's like roughly around, right. Um, you know, I think if we could like double that or triple that by the end of the year, I think that would be a really great year. So I think it's going to continue to grow. And I think that will be part of the growth. What do you guys think? Did you guys have your predictions already? No, no, we definitely haven't. But I was just thinking of like, oh, in case he does ask, what should I say? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was thinking, I don't know if 2023 is going to be the year, but um like when the iPhone came out and, or you just like started having a smartphone people were like, Oh yeah. Like I, you have a smartphone or like a dumb, you know, and then that lasted mm -hmm. for a long time. I think I, I don't know if it's going to be true, but 2023 might be the first year where, um, if you ask someone on the street, you have like a 50, 50 chance of them telling you like what a digital wallet is or like, uh, maybe, oh, cool. uh, maybe I think, I don't know if it's going to be the year or not, but maybe by the end, so, you know, I, I love that months. because um, <laughs> like 27, 2017 was the strange year that I overheard people everywhere just talking about Bitcoin. Do you know what I mean? It was like they were finding mm. out about it for the first time. It's funny, yeah. Sean, I was I, I have this really vivid memory of being in Denver, actually. And like it was just these two people who I was like, I was like, they just didn't look at all like they were just like taller, older, like, I don't know, like they were like older finance it's just like they were like trying to explain bitcoin to each other and i was like wow this is like everywhere you can't avoid this <laughs> um so thomas i would love to see that become like the web wallet like year mm -hmm. <laughs> like i love that idea yeah well i'm looking forward to seeing that happen this year chris thanks for being on the show this was seriously a lot of fun uh learned thanks. a lot here uh, can i add one more thing maybe if you yeah mind? go for it i think the last thing i would add would be um i would hope that we could reclaim the word crypto because right now crypto means mm. cryptocurrency. Oh, I think yes. it should mean crypto cryptography again is what it really yep. meant. 
because Web3 is fine without cryptocurrency. You don't need to be on console or a lot of these apps with any cryptocurrency, but you do need the web wallet. And what that's doing is it's this master password I told you guys about, we were talking about. I mean, that's based on just amazing cryptography. And I think reclaiming that can help separate Web3 from cryptocurrency so that the next time there's like these huge crashes and waves that we can succeed without having to rely on the currency thing because it's separate. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. And that's why we named the show Built on Web3 because like we we refuse to put the word crypto in there because it has yeah. so much baggage, right? Yeah, it and does, yeah. We don't want to be a crypto podcast, but I would love to be able to rename it if we can at some point. All right, so <laughs> Where, crypto's out, DAOs are out. <laughs> we have a whole new even, vocabulary here. Even now, though, Sean and I were talking about it yesterday, going to events. You type in Web3, like nothing pops up like near me, but you type in crypto, everything pops up, and it's all like the, the crap, you know? So, it's all finance bros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a little uh, upset about I read the Masari report that Masari puts out every year. I find it really nice. And um, I guess Ryan, who writes that, is like, we should stop using the word Web3 because it's like bad luck. Or so. I was just like, like oh, it's no, this that. is like... It's just, it's just a different thing, man. It's like not, it's like you got to decouple it and and make it its own thing. And I, I don't think enough people are aware of what that means. Um, and I agree with you guys. I think I think that that would all help having events and just more education. And what you guys are doing is amazing. So thank you so much. I love this podcast. This is great. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. And th- thank you for for coming on the show. Um, for sure. We'll have Thanks you on again me. for sure once we uh yeah in the future oh, we'll, we'll let and, you know and go to console.xyz if you want to find out more about console or join console <laughs> cool that. and your twitter is at castig right c-a-s-t-i-g yep at Kastig. great we will link all of that stuff uh, in the description appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> thank you awesome thanks again chris thank you guys <laughs>